Good morning and welcome to our Daily Word and Prayer. My name is Tom Short. So glad to have you along with us today. So get to the Word of God and allow it to transform our lives. And the verse I want to share with you today has not only transformed my life, but my marriage. In fact, when I got married 46 years ago, we didn't have a lot of premarital counseling as is the practice today, which, by the way, I encourage you to get that if you're in about to be married, that you go through good premarital counseling, prepare yourself for marriage. We didn't have that in our day. And actually, I only remember two things that were giving me advice specifically, what you might call premarital counseling by my pastor, Dennis Clark. And probably the premarital session in my recollection, was only about five minutes long. Now, in fairness, I was living with them at the time. I'd picked up an awful lot. I was a hungry learner. I'd observed a great deal about how they were conducting their marriage, uh, Dennis and Thelma. But the only two things I remember him was that remember him saying was this: number one, live by Philippians chapter two, verses three and four, and number two, if you have a conflict. Be the first to say you're sorry. Don't wait on the others. In other words, and he, I think he might have even said something along the lines: compete to be to win. Be the he knew I was a competitive. Be the first to say you're sorry. Don't wait on the other. So let's look at Philippians chapter two, verses three and four, which I might add, Roz and I have sought to live by, and it has served us well, and has uh, helped us become over these forty six years not only stay married. But indeed, she's my best friend, my closest confidant, my, the love of my life, and we hold no grudges against one another. We truly have a wonderful marriage. Let's look at what this verse, this great advice, my advice to you would be as well. Here we go. Philippians chapter 2, verses 3 and 4, do nothing from selfishness or empty conceit, but with humility of mind. Regard one another as more important than yourselves. Do not merely look out for your own personal interests, but also for the interest of others. Boy, this verse is rich. We're going to keep today's message to about 15 minutes, but I could talk a long time about this verse because it has meant so much to me. He says, do nothing from selfishness. Now, now uh, selfishness or empty conceit. Now, in reality, sometimes you think, uh, how, what's that mean? Should I, like I eat for self, for myself, I dress for myself, I, all these things, well, maybe even you ought to dress for others. Maybe you, you say, I talk for myself, maybe you ought to, when you talk, you ought to, what the words you say, you ought to be thinking of what others are hearing, not just doing it because you like to be heard, but doing it because the person hearing uh, for their benefit. Now, this is what's he saying, all of life, your life. You certainly have to take care of yourself, but your life should be focused on caring for other people. As we talked about last week, to be others-oriented, to have this sense that if I'm going to be a servant of Jesus Christ, if I'm going to love Jesus Christ, if Jesus is first in my life, then that means I develop an others orientation. And this is the exact opposite of, uh, of what selfishness is. Selfishness means it's about me. I'm looking out for me. I'm talking about me. I'm thinking about me. It's all about me. Selfish, selfishness. The opposite of that, humility, as he says here, 
Don't be selfish, but with humility of mind, humility being the opposite of selfishness. And love is the opposite of selfishness. Love is others-oriented. Love thinks about others. Love cares about others. Love scopes out and sees what do others need. Love is that others orientation, and we want to live our lives not just thinking about ourselves, but thinking about others. Now, again, this could kind of be cultish in a sense, like, boy, I can't, like I said earlier, I can't eat because I, you know, that's for, I'm eating for my sake. And we can become obsessed with, like, I don't want to do anything at all for me. I don't think that's what he's saying. In fact, we ought to look at some other places in Scripture how this word is translated. Uh, and so let's look at Romans chapter 2, verses 6 through 8. It's talking about eternal life, and it's talking about God's judgment. And it says this, God will render to each person according to his deeds. To those who by perseverance in doing good seek for glory and honor and immortality, eternal life. But to those who are selfishly ambitious... And do not obey the truth, but obey unrighteousness, wrath, and indignation. That's the same word there. In in Romans, it's translated selfish ambition, selfishly ambitious. And so, in other words, it's the idea, again, it comes to the idea that I am so focused on myself, I'm not obeying the truth. I'm, I'm obeying unrighteousness. I'm living so much for myself, I'm unrighteous. And so I don't have a proper perspective. I'm selfishly ambitious. How about in in James chapter 3, verses 14 through 16? He's talking about godly wisdom versus the wisdom of this world. And he says in verse 14, but if you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition, there's the same word, selfish ambition in your heart, do not be arrogant and so lie against the truth. This wisdom is not that which comes down from above, but it's earthly, natural, demonic, the world, the flesh, and the devil. For where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, there's disorder and every evil thing. Oh my goodness. How many homes have disorder and every evil thing because there's there's selfish ambition and jealousy that rather than think about others and looking out for the interest of others, and walking in humility, there's this vain conceit that says, I'm number one, and I expect everything to revolve around me. And that doesn't really work. If, if you get you know two people try and have a family together, or three or four, and each one thinks everything's got to revolve around them because they are special, um, that's not going to work real well. Rather, in life, as we are uh, as we set aside selfishness, do nothing from selfish ambition, do nothing from empty conceit, do nothing from thinking I'm number one, but I develop an other's orientation right in my very home. This is where we're tested more than ever. This is where we're not tested by this as much when we get out in the world, nearly as much as right in our home. Do I honor those I live with? Do I respect them? Do I, am I considered of their interest and their needs. And then it says that we have this selfish ambition, and that's not good. Selfishness. It's about me. And also, empty conceit. Well, where is that verse used elsewhere? We see over here in Romans chapter 12, he says this, for through the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think more highly of himself than he ought to think, 
but to think so as to have sound judgment. In Galatians chapter 6, if anyone thinks he's something when he's nothing, he deceives himself. What's going on here? He's we a sound judgment. We tend to think more highly of ourselves than we ought to. It's the flesh. It's the it's the natural way to think about life. I really matter. Now, listen. You do matter. You are important. Your life, I mean, if you didn't matter, Jesus wouldn't have died for you. If you don't matter, he wouldn't want to save you. God gives you value. God loves you. God cares about you. You do matter. Your life is significant, and you are someone, I believe, God wants to make a significant difference in this world. Your life does matter. You are important. But so are others who you're living with. So are others you are around. So are others in your church. So are others in your community. So is everyone. Everyone matters. Everyone's important. And because we naturally tend to put ourselves above others, he's warning us to make sure that we that that what we're actually doing is thinking of others as more important than ourselves. Look at what he says. Regard one another as more important than yourselves. Now, it's easy to get kind of in this, you know, mind game, but are they more important? Are they more important? And that's not the issue. The issue is that we should regard them as more important than ourselves. Tomorrow, we're going to be looking at the life of Jesus. And just a little teaser ahead of time, we're going to see how he he regarded you as more important than himself because he died for you. He went to the cross for you. Question, are you more important than Jesus? I don't think so. Did he regard you as more important than himself? Evidently, he did when he laid down his life for you. So you don't have to think about, well, who is the most important person here? If you are a follower of Christ and if you're godly and mature, you will treat others as if they are important, as if they're valuable, because they are. And this is part of how we are united. I'll tell you. You live this way, you treat others as you treat others with as they're as if they're valuable. You do nothing from thinking it's all about me, it centers about me, I gotta have what I want, everything is whatever I want is what we get. But with humility of mind, I regard you as more important. And I will serve you and I'll honor you. And I'm going to I'm going to look out for your interest as well as mine. Certainly you have interest. Certainly there's things that you need to do in your life. Like I said, the extreme example could make you obsessive. I don't want to do uh, anything at all if it benefits me. No, that's not what he's saying. But what he is saying is as you look out for the interests of others and serve and love and value and don't get just focused on yourself, that's where real life is. That's how you have unity. Do you want to have a happier marriage? Do nothing from selfishness or empty conceit. Regard one another as more important than yourself. Don't only look out for your own interests, but also for the interest of others, of your of those in your home. Do you want to have a happy work environment, a happy school, a happy community? Think about others. We're so focused on ourselves. This is so unchristian. We'll see tomorrow. Jesus is our example. But until then, let's let's deny the crucify the flesh. That's selfish ambition. 
Don't let don't invite disorder and every evil thing into your house, into your home. Don't invite disorder and every evil thing into your church. Don't invite disorder and every evil thing into your workplace, into your school, into anything. Learn when you live this value, you're going to have friends. You're going to have people who want to be your friends. You're going to have people who are loyal to you. You're going to have people who will love you. That's unity. And in Psalm, I remind us what we saw yesterday in Psalm 133, that where brothers dwell together in unity, God is so pleased that he commands the blessing. He's so pleased. How blessed, how pleasant, how wonderful when brothers dwell together in unity. For there the Lord commands a blessing. Let's receive that blessing from him. Shall we pray about it? Oh, Father, we thank you. I want to thank you today for your principles of life. I think of how the the flesh, the sinful nature that so many people are dominated by, they're so self-centered, so selfish, so narcissistic. It's all about themselves. They just want to be noticed. They want to be seen. Lord, in our world now where social media has taken all this to a whole nother level or or has fed this selfishness, this selfish ambition that has just fed it in a, in a way we've never seen before. And Lord, we confess that we live in a world that's just so self-focused that it's difficult for us to think rightly about ourselves. It's difficult for us not to think more highly of ourselves than we ought. And to, we live in a world where people are constantly selfish, ambitious, selfishly ambitious and trying to promote themselves. Father, help us to be truly humble. Help us to be truly humble. Help us to learn how to value others. Not that we have to put ourselves down. We put ourselves in the right place, and we regard others more important. Father, I pray for every home, every family. I pray for every church. There might be this spirit of humility and uh, uh, nothing from selfishness or empty conceit, that the spirit of genuine love humility, and honoring of others would be uh, very prevalent in our homes, our families, our churches, our relationships with others. Help us to shine this bright light of Christ wherever we go in an increasingly dark world, we pray. And we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, and amen. I'll tell you, you want to be happy? You know, Jesus said, if you lose your life, you find it. You lay down your life for others, you find it. I don't know about you, but to me, there's few things in life that cause more stress than to have tension and strife in my relationship with others. If you're humble and you don't do anything from selfishness or empty conceit, you look look out for the interests of others, it's hard to have strife with, with the person. You get along pretty well with a person like that. And by and large, God helps me get along with people. And I think because years ago, This verse was so impressed upon me for my family, for my life. It's made such a difference. And sometimes taking this path of humility fills our life with peace. Because we get along, we have peace with God, we have peace with others, peace with ourselves, we have peace with others. Hey, anyway, so glad you're with me. We're going to talk more about this verse and how Jesus exhibited it tomorrow. So I hope you'll join us. We come here every day to get in the Word of God, 8.30 a.m. live, Eastern Time. And then... uh, and then, but you can watch later in the day on the on the uh, YouTube, or you can uh, listen to the podcast on the Apple, Spotify, or Google platforms. I hope you do. 
Make a commitment to come every day and get into the Word of God every single day. With me, if you'd like to, I hope you do. But if not, make sure you have a meaningful time in the Word yourself. We need our lives to be focused in this way. God bless you. I love you. Hey, we'll look forward to seeing you tomorrow, okay? Bye-bye.